Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick, Mike, and Chad take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, Casey from the Scene Snobs and Tim from the FSF Popcast join Mike to review and react to the first season of what some claim to be the best Star Wars series to hit Disney Plus to date. So, what's Andor? episode of Showboys. My name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Um, as you'll notice, we got some new, well, not new, they're kind of old, but not in like that old kind of like language. I'm talking about like, you've seen them on the show before. They're, wow, I'm just I'm huh? digging myself a hole here, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, we're joined by uh, our good friends, Tim from the Funny Science Fiction Podcast and Casey from the Scene Snobs. Uh, familiar faces if you've been around Showboys uh, at any length of time. Um, we're glad that you could join us, guys. Uh, my co-hosts apparently have just like qu- up and left. They quit. I haven't seen them in months. Uh, so I've just been joined by guests every week. So thank you guys for filling in their shoes. Uh, Tim, how are you doing today? Doing good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. Yeah, um, I'm excited to chat some more Star Wars with you. I think the last time you were on was our Star Wars. I think it was the Order like, 66 chat. mega. Yeah, the the Order 66 mega Star Wars episode. That was fun. Uh, and Casey, I think you were on I that was. one too. Uh, you've you've been known to pop in a few episodes here and I there. I am marvelous. Uh, doing that much better because it's always a pleasure to be here hanging out with you gentlemen. So this is fantastic. Oh, so super stoked, and especially this talking is, Star Wars, one of my favorite things on earth. So, yeah, actually, uh, you know, I just want to be completely transparent. Um, one of the main reasons I invite you on is because you're always just such a good boost of like confidence and self esteem with your lovely, lovely compliments. <clears throat> It just oh, well because so you're that naturally beautiful. Um, it's easy. <laughs> it's the beard, isn't it? Casey's yes, conversations yes. Um, warm the cockles and the subcockles of the heart. Maybe even deeper. We are not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe even just the cockles, <laughs> not even of the heart. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, we're here. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a throat thing going on. So. Uh, my obnoxious throat clears will probably be more frequent than usual. Um, but yes, we're here. We're going to be reviewing and reacting to uh, the first season of Andor. One of two. I think we're only going to get two seasons of this show, if I remember correctly. Um, so I recruited my biggest Star Wars um, aficionados to come help me 
review this series. Uh, the format will work uh, very very similarly to our Rings of Power review. Um, so I'm excited for that. But before we get into it, got to shout out our top tier patrons, um, Joe, C, Yusuf H, and Tim B. Thank you guys so much for your support. You guys rock. All of our other patrons, you guys are amazing too. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and join our Discord, check out our merch shop, all that fun stuff. Before we get into it, I want to allow you guys to plug your stuff. Um, so Tim, why don't you tell everyone about the FSF podcast? Hi, I'm Tim from the FSF. <laughs> no. uh, I'm Tim. I'm, I'm one of the hosts of the FSF podcast. I, I host a show. We have our own Nick. Um, not your Nick. That's not where your Nick went. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, but uh, we, we have our own Nick and uh, Kathleen. Speaking of Nick, look at that. That timing is impeccable. Perfect. And yeah, uh, yeah we have a, a weekly show. We do a live show every Monday night. We have a uh, a new thing that we've been doing for, well, I can't really call it a new thing anymore. We've been doing it for a while now. But every Wednesday night at 5, we do a 5 at 5. And uh, it's the top five things or the bottom five things or whatever topic. Uh, this week's topic. So that was loud. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all about level up lightsabers like the one i'm holding in my hand right here and uh but anyway uh we talked about with uh, uh master allen the the owner of level up sabers and we talked about those and and how cool they are and why everybody should own one and then every friday morning we have uh we have a pre-recorded episode that comes out so you know check that out but yeah we're just a nerd and pop culture show that likes to interview people in our nerd and pop culture world and and talk about I, if I say nerd and pop culture one more time, it's going to, well, I just, I kind of just did, but we're just going <laughs> to, this is why we have an edited show. And on the live show, when I go unhinged, which Casey has been there many times to see it's it. It's great. Um, nobody really cares, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but check out the FSF podcast. We're, we're just a group of nerds that likes to have fun and share some laughs. Nice. Uh, one thing I've learned, I, I watch a lot of true crime stuff and I've been, oh geez. Uh, well, that would have been disastrous. Um, need to tighten that bolt because that just came right out of right the out there. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I've been watching a lot of true crime stuff, and one of the main things I've been getting into true crime wise lately are interrogation videos. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've learned that I've tried to employ in my hosting, although it's probably not uh, super comfortable for my guests, but if you, you know, the detectives, they'll just kind of like ask a question and then they'll sit in silence and let the the person just talk into, you know, the, the truth or whatever. Right. So, you have uh, so what I've like learned me, is like you ask a question exactly. and then the idiot like me just runs their mouth over and over again. So, you know, just keeps going. And, and I'm um, just this I'm one sitting here enjoying the content. I... It's just. <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah, go go check out FSF. Um, lots of cool stuff. You guys do a lot of cool interviews. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just if you're into the same type of things that we talk about here, you'll definitely be interested in what they talk about over there. Um, Casey, my friend, tell everyone about the scene snobs. What you guys well, you got can find us at the scene snobs. We have our live show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. 9 to 10 is our general slot. Uh, we've also started our Friday morning live drive, uh, which is always exciting to have a Friday morning show. Who doesn't want to be up and start your day with us at 7 a.m. going all the way to 10 a.m.? So it's fun trying to fit as much content as humanly possible into that crazy amount of time. 
Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we brought yeah. back GeekFest Live. So on Sunday nights, we do our live shows there. And then we've got tons of content on our YouTube channel that you can check out and uh, also pop over to our Discord, where Mick is the much harder worker, better looking, and just quite better all around. So uh, I'm happy to be riding those coattails. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love I love Mick. He's he he's is. an awesome guy. Um, he, he was, yeah, uh, our first guest, actually, on, oh, on wow. Show Voice. And early on was just like a super helpful resource for me. He was always super friendly. And whenever I'd have a random question, even though he didn't know me from, you know, Joe Schmo down the street, he would always, you know, answer and give me advice. Super thankful for that guy. Um, Sweet guy. He says hello, by the uh, way, to everyone. So, oh, hello, Mick. Mick. Um, Thank you for letting us borrow Casey yet again. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll send payment via. <laughs> I'm sure uh, he's happy to be later. rid of me. I'm um, always like, hey man, what about this? What are you What are you up to? What's going on? I've become a bother. Yeah. Nice. Well, go check out Scene Snobs. We have links to uh, Scene Snobs website and the SF FSF podcast uh, website in our episode description for you guys. Go check them out. Make sure you follow them on all the things. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into Andor. Before we get into the review portion, I just want to get like your general thoughts overall, how the show was, how you enjoyed the, the first season here. We'll start with you, uh, Okay. Um, what are your initial thoughts here on season? Well, one of season Andor? one of Andor did a lot of special things and I really enjoyed what I got out of this show. Overall, uh, it started weak. I didn't like the week to week. I was uncomfortable, unhappy. You brought this up about episode three or four to coming on this show. And I was like, mm-hmm, not going to have much good to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think what it wound up doing was actually surprising me. I think it was a, it's one of those spy shows, one of those procedurals that you have to, you're along for the ride, and it's taking place like 24 on Jack Bauer. It's one day, so it takes some time to get through it. <laughs> uh, so they they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job at the end of the day. It really reinforced why Rogue One is probably one of my favorite in all the Star Wars series. And it helped really make Rebels, which I think was a fantastic show. Unfortunately, a lot of people didn't get into it because it was a cartoon, and it had very cartoony childlike aspects. This gave you the adult version of that. So overall, in, in retrospect, oh, yeah, yeah. and seeing what it did, how it did it, and the manner in which I think they brought the rebellion and the everyman to your living room. I love oh, you. So I love you too. Sorry. Well, thank you. It's going to be so great for the I audio know, right? Only. They're so excited uh, to be like, wait, <laughs> everyone just loves each other? Random love fest. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, so overall, what Andor did, uh, more importantly for me, was bring bo- back mo- monologues. It was able to actually bring mm-hmm. forward the power of speech and the power of words and really able to take away from the lightsaber action, but give you more with the feeling and the, the empowerment people were given for the rebellion and mm-hmm. why the rebellion got as fired up and as excited as it did. So overall, Andor for me wound up being one of the better Star Wars shows I've seen, period, dot. Nice. What about you, Tim? Um, at this point, I'm just going to go with what he said. Um, <laughs> it's hard to follow Casey no matter what. But but one of the things, so he said monologue. One of the things I, I greatly appreciate about it, this show is the dialogue. 
Um, one of the things that for me that's been missing from a lot of Star Wars, especially evident in some of the uh, the sequel trilogy movies, and even though I loved Kenobi, and I mean I really loved Kenobi, there were parts where the 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 dialogue for me was was just so rough, and I felt in this in this show that the dialogue it, it had weight, it mattered. The things that were being said mattered, and it, and I also love it. I love shows like this because, you know, we we're getting to see characters that we've never really gotten to see a whole lot of before. So Mon Mothma really has never been a highlight of it. She's been a background character who is just part of the rebellion, and, and you know, one of the. But we didn't know anything about her. We we didn't know really what she did. You know. Rebels helps a little bit with that. You know, Casey brought that up. Uh, and if you haven't watched Rebels, just forget the fact that it's an animated series. Uh, Please go watch it's it. Amazing. It's so good. Freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. The storyline in that is just wow. And um, anyway, I could go on. That's a whole nother tangent. Anyway, but the, the the thing I love about this show is that we're getting to see these characters, you know, they're, they're the details about them fleshed out and, and getting to know more about them where and why this rebellion was so critical and crucial to them, not just as, as, you know, a, a planet or a group, but as an individual, you know, why mm. was this so important to Luthen? Why is this so important to uh, Mon Mothma? Why is it so important to Saw Gerrera? And um, even Cassian, who wasn't really in, invested in the beginning, by the end of the season one, you're seeing how he's, he's beginning to drift towards the rebellion and why it's beginning to become more important to him realizing that he's been in this rebellion struggle, as he said in the movie, since he was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not realizing it, but realizing that, yeah, in fact, that's what's happening. And so, yeah, I, I really enjoy that portion of it, that it's very much, and we've all, we've all heard it. We've all read it and we know it's true. Star Wars is made for kids. Mm-hmm. Versions of Star Wars are made for mm-hmm. older versions of kids. But this is the first Star Wars where I felt this was truthfully made for adults. Mm-hmm. You know, that this had adult storylines and a, a adult conversations and adult dialogue where it was actually meaningful. And, and something was anyway. Yeah, I could go keep going on and on. There's the whole ramble <laughs> thing we were talking about earlier. But those are the things that I really appreciate about Andor the most. Um, it was just the, the, the build of the characters, the build of the plot. And and what each how each episode led into the next and why those previous episodes were important. They weren't just tossaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even though like the whole Star Wars being made for kid thing has been something that just, you know, resides in the back of my mind, like at all times, um, I often forget about that. And you brought up such a great point. Like this has a totally different feel and tone to it. Uh, that is very adult. And I, I think that's part of the reason why it resonates so well. Um, at least with yeah. us, I don't know, you know, maybe the younger audience might not feel those wacky way, Gen but, Z's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I would, again, hard to follow up either of you guys, but combined, <laughs> like there's not much left to say, uh, except this is probably my favorite period. Mm-hmm. In the Star Wars timeline, uh, I love the the whole rebel against the Empire storyline, um, and <clears throat> seeing it um, again, Rogue One 
uh, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, so getting to see what leads up to the characters that we meet in Rogue One, fantastic. Uh, I love Cassian Diego mm-hmm, Luna mm-hmm. is like Crushes superb. Um, Absolutely. And it just, I think along with the uh, adult tone and vibe of the show, I think just the uh, format of this series being that like spy thriller espionage type thing isn't something that we've seen in the Star Wars universe yet. Um, which as, as a sidebar, I think that's what's so amazing about Star Wars is uh, it's so huge. The world is so fleshed out, so built out. Um, and even with that fact, there are still so many uh, things you can stories you can tell worlds you can uh introduce planets you know species whatever and that that opens up the door to let you tell those stories in different ways like whether it's you know the space cowboy (laughs) western of like the mandalorian or here in andor the espionage thriller i would love to see something like kind of darker horror oriented i think that would be cool i mean come on it's space you got it you can have oh, totally shoehorn yeah. something spooky I'm, in i'm hoping that you'll see something like that with the acolyte mm, series that's yes, coming yes because that's supposed to focus on the dark side of the force yeah. so i'm thinking that's going to have a a darker tone to it so i'm, I'm hoping that we're going to yeah. go somewhere down that lane i'm very excited mm-hmm. for it's, that it's beautiful very the way that this whole like you mentioned mike it really this this world these galaxies lend themselves Mm -hmm. to so many different stories. And I feel like with Rogue One and Andor, we finally get a lot more meat and potatoes of the worlds. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit in Solo, but Solo had issues. So there was a struggle there and that was still behind Rogue One. So it it still, it it gained from what Rogue One gave us. Uh, There's a couple other shows Mm -hmm. along the lines that do that too. But this show was much more of the Robert Redford spy game. Like we're, we're into the, we're following the ISB and we're seeing both sides of it. And it was wonderful the Mm -hmm. way they did that. Yeah. One, uh, one of the things I appreciate most about this and we will get into it more later, but one of the things I love about this is we're at 12 episodes in. uh, So 12 plus hours of star Wars content. I have yet to see a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. I have yet to see a force user. It's just yes. your average. What does what does Star Wars look like when we're talking about the average everyday person and how, what the what the Empire and the Rebellion meant to them? And this is what yeah. this this series does. It shows us Star Wars in a completely different angle, completely different light. Now I'm not going to complain if they at some point give me another badass uh, Darth Vader hallway scene oh, like yeah. in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. I'm here yeah. for it. Let's go for it. But uh, until that point. I'm loving this and I'm, I'm loving this yeah. very, very much. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, I think it was John Wass, our producer, uh, John, I think he calls, calls uh, Andor, uh, Les Mis in space. Yeah. Uh, percent. <laughs> and it's beautiful to see that too, oh, because you amazing. get to feel the oppression. You get to understand yeah. why was there yeah. a rebellion against the empire? So many people have made the fun mm-hmm. conjecture in the story of, wow, oh, the empire wasn't so bad. And now we get to see, nah, man, you could be a person walking to the store and just get arrested. So, yeah. They were yeah. freaking horrible. Yeah. Six years for being in the wrong place yeah. at the wrong time. Right. Right. Yeah. I, and I think that's a, like we keep bringing up rebels and stuff, but I think it's another thing that rebels does really well too. Um, introduces that. Uh, but 
It's funny that you mentioned the lack of lightsabers and 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 for the force use and uh, Jedi and Sith and all that stuff because Dad, our producer, which by the way I forgot to mention, Dad's behind the scenes like always. Hi, uh, so Dad. Hi Dad. Dad. Um, he started the show this week uh, just so he knew what the heck we were talking about tonight. Um, and I, I don't remember how many episodes he was into it, but he like chatted me. He's like. Uh, are there any Jedi in this show? I was like, no, this is a very human, like just flat out human story. And I think that's, again, another super interesting thing about this series uh, that we haven't really got in anything else because it's all Jedi focused um, or, you know, with the Mandalorian, you're planet hopping and you're seeing all these different, you know, alien races and, and things like that. Um, so again, it's just, a very human story that is very relatable. Um, you know, trying to fight the man, uh, which I love. <laughs> Not a Skywalker um, in the bunch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, perfect. So, um, Casey, you said it was, it was kind of hard for you. It, it took a while to catch on to, to grab hold. Um, okay. Why? So it was an interesting uh, show in that it was immediately I was drawn in by the aesthetic, by the look of it, that the the directors, uh, those between uh, Toby Haynes, Benjamin Karen and Susanna White did a fantastic job of really bringing the the visuals, the thought. I, I, I struggled a lot with the flashbacks. I felt like there was a lot mm, of ground yeah. building, a lot of understanding that was repeat stories. And I struggled in the beginning because when you see that many repeat stories, you go, all right, get to the point. I already get it. I've already seen this. But then when you realize that sometimes it takes mm -hmm. that many times to learn the lesson and Cassian Andor eventually learns the lesson, but we watch him learn the same lesson over and over again uh, before he finally pushes back. And I think that was fantastic. So it took me a while because being week to week, I'm usually a consumer of I want it all and I want it now. Get me to the story. So the fact that we yeah. didn't, and it took us a, a while, uh, I was very excited to finally see that. And it did take me a while to get into it because I wasn't really ready for a spy show, a spy series. There he is. That's mm -hmm. the other guy of the scene. <laughs> the man, in fact, the scene snob yeah. himself appears. Yes. He says this man clearly has Naturally, no idea what no Star clue. Wars is. Yes. So that was the beauty of this was the fact that they took the time to get there to build the story, to give mm -hmm. me this backstory that makes me understand and really feel the every man within Andor. So that was part of what took mm -hmm. me so long. The bouncing around to the ISB, I think, was probably what kept me in it early, was seeing the side of the Empire, was seeing a completely different side you've never seen before. And this is not the Empire's yeah. the good guys. This is just the Empire doing Empire stuff. And that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I was a huge fan of that. Uh, and once that all really kicks off, I want to say around episode five, once we get to the heist, I was, I was more sold. I was more in, it just took that long to get to action. Cause it's star Wars and I want laser blasters. <laughs> I love the ISB. Like, oh man, that was, that was amazing. Derpy 501st says, Andor is better than Mando. Yeah, I said it. Well, I enjoyed it more than Mando and Andor didn't need toy merchandise oh. to get season two. Just saying. Oh, oh shots, shots fired. fired. Speaking of laser blasts, uh, you have there we offended go. my you got the blast And I'm not going to disagree, though. It At the end, Andor is a better show. 
It really was. I mean, all told, look, I love my Western in space. Do yeah. not get me wrong. Mando is awesome, and I will watch it till I die. But Andor as as a product on a whole, as a season, as a 12-episode series, is one of the greatest shows yeah. and one of the greatest Star Wars tales, period. Dot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think um, I, I had, um, I was hooked right away. Uh, what did we get? Three episodes yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, super yeah. So watch right those away. three episodes, and I was like, dude, I'm in. You could give me like 50 episodes of this. I'd be great. Um, and r- as soon as I finished up that third episode of the premiere, I was like, this is already the best Star Wars series that we've gotten. Like, there's, it's not even debatable. Um, uh, there is something else I was going to say, but I, it, it, it left my mind. Mick. Mick's beautiful face on the bottom <laughs> of the screen there, too, just, it just blasted my brain. The endorphins were too much. I couldn't. It's overload every time I get the vapors. Thought. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that it's every tough. week for like yeah, a whole I just hour? Have to full you audio. have to sign on or more? so that you can just look at them and go, okay, yeah, it's, I'll, be, I'll be fine. It's honestly, <laughs> I have another picture up you guys don't see right back here. So the whole time he's just yeah. a picture here. So I'm always like aware Oh, nice. Of yeah. I just imagine that your glasses are just like pictures of your eyes and you're really wearing like the horse blinders. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm can't surprised see you're telling everyone. Thanks yeah. for ruining my secret. Way to blow up my spot. Yeah, and sorry. Done. I didn't mean to. Uh... All right. Well, he's never coming back on the show. Um, so... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's let's get into the review here. Um do it. And then I'm sure as we go through each category is maybe like favorite moments or story beats or anything that we want to like really push into, feel free. Um, Don't let the categories or anything like constrain your thoughts, guys. Uh, But first up here in the review, we'll be touching on the aesthetic. Uh, We're going to talk about um, the visuals of the show, this um, style that we had. Uh, here for Andor, um, and I'm losing my voice right now, so I'm going to let Tim kick this off. What did you think about the aesthetics overall? Uh, kind of give your thoughts, and then we'll slap a rating on there between one and five. All right, sounds good. Uh, so for me, I, I kind of, because of knowing that it was going to be done by the same creative team, I was expecting it to be very much like you know, TV Rogue One. And going into it, and I love the aesthetics of Rogue One and then the way that the the camera angles and just the way that they filmed everything to me was just amazing. And so I went into with a high expectation and and I'm very glad to say that I was not let down. That the the same feeling of Rogue One in many ways transfers to the small screen on this this TV series. Um, And you know, the look of each of the characters and the, the way that the, I love the fact that even on, so on Ferrix, the planet, uh, it could be in anywhere planet. It's not, you know, it's not like Coruscant where you have, where it has to have all these big buildings and all this, all this, you know, you know, flying machines and everything going everywhere. It's very much a little podunk hole in the wall planet, but they made it look alive and they made it look like, almost welcoming, you know, for, for what it was and where it was and all these different things. And so I appreciated the visual effects that, you know, the simplicity, but yet the, the strength of the visuals on this show. So for me, um, 
the the visuals are i don't like to give anything five because i always think that there's something you can do better somewhere but i will happily give the aesthetics a four nice nice we got a couple comments here uh nick says <clears throat> i mean hey if you're gonna comment and give your opinion you should just be on the dang show i mean your host bro there's like a microphone just saying. that you could be in front of yeah no, I'll give I'll give Nick a break. He's actually he's out of town for a wedding, All so right. he gets a pass. Um, but he says Andor is a great show. Mando is a great Star Wars show. Um, I, I would mean, reverse that. I'm going to actually say that Andor is a great show. I'm going to completely back up that first round because it is front to butt is a fantastic show. Uh, Mando is a great Western show as well. It's not just Star Wars. It does have enough to rise above. So I think it does deserve that level of respect that it has that it's an action show. You could, you could name it a few things. It'd be fine. (laughs) Uh, Derpy 501st says, kill Nicholas, kill him now for that comment. Oh man. (laughs) If he wasn't in a different state, I, I, I still probably wouldn't because I like Nick, but, and illegal. um, Uh, I, it is very illegal, and uh, I don't like to break the law, especially when it's taking right. a friend's life. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, I mean, they're both great shows, uh, but I just think Andor's better. I think it's hard, honestly, uh, to compare the two because of the, the differences between them. Yeah, I mean, one is very much a story-driven, methodical, uh, you know, personality-driven show, character-driven show. Mm-hmm. The other one is a Western pew pew in space. And mm-hmm. that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I like Casey said earlier, I will watch my Western in space. I will love my Western mm-hmm. in space and I will watch it till the day I die happily because there's so many cool things about it. And that show has given me so many of the cool star Wars feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to compare the two, it's, it's kind of hard because you're comparing an apple to an orange. Yep. They may have yeah. a star Wars title uh, attached to them, but they're very different in tone and, and direction. Yes. So, yeah. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want Mick, please, <laughs> please format your comments all show in this like tone. I love it because so far they both have been clearly. the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Clearly none of you have watched Tulsa King. Uh, and he's, he's feeling right. very clear. I've not seen that show. <clears throat> yes yes i love it um derpy also says uh i'll say my favorite part of episode 12 uh the finale was when the band and crowd started marching toward the barricade when the tone of the music changed i felt this presence of empowerment goosebumps yep. um yeah that whole Absolutely. scene there of like the funeral procession uh oh yeah so tense oh, yeah and I loved it. Uh, and we'll definitely touch more on that and moments like that once we get down to mm-hmm. the story section of the review. Um, but yeah, that that whole, um, you know, what was it like 10, 15 minutes of, of that episode? Uh, mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. So, Casey, aesthetics. I'm going to try to stop smacking my hands right by It's way more fun when you do that. Uh, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> Oh my uh, but yes, Casey, what do you So what aesthetic do you for this was fantastic. And I'm going to touch on a few points that Tim uh, made as well. That one of the things I loved was every planet we were on. When we were on Ferrix, we were on Ferrix. Yet Ferrix reminded me a lot of had similarities to Tatooine and other outlier planets. They're very plain, average, and similar. So it's kind of nice to see that 
that it still keeps and ties in all of the places we've been on other planets, but gives us that similar sense that you kind of know what this is about. Most of these backwater planets look this way and they're all similar. Mando has shown us that and every, every series and movie has shown us that. So it was cool to get that, but also Ferrix has its rusty feel, has its minor town feel. Mm -hmm. They did a really good job with that. The best part of the aesthetic in this show for me, bang for my buck, was the ISB. Getting that clean empire feel. Like even the way that people interpersonally worked, the idea that this is the most toxic workplace you could ever imagine. Like they really absolutely <laughs> nailed that. Like that was pretty fantastic. Like everyone's just out to get everyone and it's just part of your day. When you walk in, you better be ready because someone's gunning for you. And uh, and they yeah. did that really well in just the way everything looked. It was that clean and uncomfortable to be around. Like if I walk through a place like that, I know I'm wrong. Like I shouldn't be there. I should never be in a room <laughs> that clean. I've done something terribly wrong. So, uh, yeah. so the aesthetic here, they really nailed, they did it well with the prison, anything that was empire related. We felt that when we were on a different world, we felt that like in the opening scene, he's not on Ferrix and we feel that he's in that another planet that's raining mm -hmm. all the time. Another water world, Ugh, galaxies filled with those yeah. things. <laughs> so if they like share some with like Tatooine and these other like Seriously, dust balls, right? like, I mean, come on, we got to give a little bit. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Jeez. No rain for you. It's no weird, rain guys. for you. Exactly. Camino is just rain jerks. There's, they're rain hoarders. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So, it's pretty yes. fantastic with the aesthetic. I honestly, I give it a, as, once again, I will not give a five unless it really <coughs> knocks my socks off. But the look of it was Star Wars and exactly what I wanted from Star Wars. So, it gets a four all the way. Amazing. Um, yeah. One of the things that I remember seeing uh, in the teaser, like, a year or so ago um, was uh, they, they talked about how they filmed this. I, I don't know like the technical term cause I'm not, uh, I'm just a fan of, of movies and film and stuff, but uh, uh, they, they are basically like, yeah, we shot this like cinematically, like this is going to be a feature film, um, which immediately caught my attention because, you know, a show, typically doesn't do that because it's a show and it's not a feature film. Uh, but I appreciate that they went that extra mile to give it that, uh, that crispness um, aesthetically. Um, and that fact alone, it, I think is uh, another one of those reasons that makes this show stand out from all the other ones. It, it just has that crisp cinema quality, like, you could throw that up on the big screen in your local theater and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference if you're watching a Disney plus series or rogue one. And to me, that's, that's amazing. And um, Nick talks about it all the time. The, the technology that they've used on uh, the star Wars shows here at Disney, I forget exactly what it's called uh, because, you know, I'm just a dork over here. Um, but that, that technology that they use in like Mando and um, the likes already takes these series up a notch on most regular, you know, even streaming service originals. Um, but like, you know, definitely above your basic cable or premium cable shows, the quality is already high in, in the star Wars franchise uh, show wise, but this one just, it's on a whole other like, ladder yeah that's it's crazy that's part of disney um, actually they have that soundstage set up that way 
So they had just yeah. have its all yeah, LED screens that make you everyone uh, yeah, who's been yeah. there has said they feel like they're transported to the place because it's not a green screen you're acting yeah. in front of. You're acting in front of what we as the viewers are going to see. So that definitely has yeah. brought the actors' games up as well. Yeah, and it's it it's it does such a cool thing for the lighting effects and like especially in a show like Mando where his whole suit is basically a giant mirror <laughs> like uh getting the actual reflections of what we're seeing off his suit instead of like trying to do that in post and like you know CGI that crap on there <laughs> or however they do it like it's just uh, it's it's what they've they've built there is is so cool. special next level stuff um but yeah, uh, I, I can't really add too much. Uh, so again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it up a little bit. I'm gonna give it a four point okay. five. Okay, solid. Because okay. it's it's crispy. It's crispy. <laughs> Gotta appreciate the crispness. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Nick says also can't beat laser swords on spaceships. Um, I mean, yeah, who who can beat? I laser mean, that's swords why you know episode one is even worth merit in the first place. Is it's one of the greatest lightsaber fights ever. <laughs> it's it's not a lot going for it, but it's got that. Very true. It's very true. Uh, Mix Mix, he's back in here, and he already broke his his clearly, train of clearly, but um, so. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he didn't hear my request in his comments, but you know we'll let it pass. Uh, he says, in "My opinion: Andor is a better written show, but Mando is a Star Wars show completely. It's the fun adventure that the Holy Trilogy was. Andor's tone Agreed. isn't the same. He's he's right. Yeah, nailed he's it. Absolutely right. Um, but again, that's I think that's what's so great about the Star Wars universe is it it just allows itself to have that." uniqueness in all of its entries um so yeah i, I don't know i'm excited for uh, all the, the future star wars things that we're going to get but that's not what we're talking about tonight we're gonna get back to the review so uh yeah so we got a four a four and a 4.5 so looking pretty good aesthetically uh let's head over to characters now this should be a really fun one because there are some top-notch mm-hmm. characters in this series um i'll just list out some of my favorites here. I mean, of course you got Cassian, uh, but uh, Cyril played by Kyle Soler. Amazing. Uh, he's our ISB. Wannabe. Uh, like psycho <laughs> detective guy. Uh, we got Luthen, of course. He was amazing. Mon Mothma. My favorite character, probably aside from Cassian, uh, Deidre. Yeah. Like she was yeah, so good. So good. Uh, we had uh, a Denise Go. I'm so bad with names, so I'm. It's probably either Go or Golf. Uh, we it got could be Bell. Golf. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go with Go. We'll go with Go. Um, we had Vel, uh, who's played by Faye Marseille, who is in Game of Thrones. For those of you who may have recognized uh, the waif, the faceless man's servant, took me like the by the second episode i'm like why does she look so familiar i'm like oh <laughs> game of thrones um marva andor marv so good so freaking good fiona shaw knocked that one out of the park uh, of course you got karis one of the rebels um played by alex lother who is in the end of the effing world and a really 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 disturbing but also extremely good episode of black mirror by the way if mm. you like that yeah. show 
uh, go check out the episode that that um, Alex is in. But be warned, it is highly disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his, I, I loved his character here in in this little rebellion here when they're pulling off the heist. Uh, how he's like writing his um, the manifesto, like, yeah, tyranny manifesto, and like uh, it's, it's what a great character. Uh, and then, of course, Kino Loy, Andy Circus. Yeah. I mean, just amazing. Um, needless to say, the, the characters, there's so many good ones, and and they're all so well developed, like greatly cast, perfectly acted. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love it, but I, I'm interested in your guys' opinion. So Casey, start us off. Well, for me, one of the best part about Star Wars has <laughs> always been the characters. It's the only reason I got into this show and have remained in this show is because characters like Chewbacca, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, they exist. So, I mean, that original core is going to be a five no matter what. One of the best things about most of these shows, Mandalorian, Rebels, you know, the reason I go and watch the cartoons that I do, the Clone Wars, is because of the characters. Andor did not slouch on the characters. You bring up Kino Loy, phenomenal. And not only Andy Serkis' acting and the way he employed his prowess, essentially, behind that character, but the fervency with which you start to believe the rebellion and you're into the rebellion. What they did is they drew you in deeper and deeper through characters. It was absolute character Mm -hmm. development. Uh, I think Nemec, uh, his uh, speech that he was giving through his manifesto was one of the best parts of the show, period, dot. Uh, The full stop on that, he crushed it. And it's also fun because he's the one you think is the weakest who winds up being the strongest who goes the furthest. So mm-hmm. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen is, come on. I mean, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan no. Skarsgård. Of course, he's going to crush it. Um, uh, and and uh, like you said, uh, the mom. I don't know why I'm forgetting her name. Um, Miro. Marv. Deidre. Uh, or no, Deidre was oh, ISP. Sorry, oh, Marv. Marv is the yeah. mom who she crushed it. was awesome. Fiona Shaw, absolutely amazing. But Deidre, uh, and the thing about the ISB is the fact that all of them were done just as well. They were done just as well as the inspiration to follow the rebels. I wanted to hate the Empire. I also wanted to be part of that because mm-hmm. I wanted to be better than them. You want to prove that you're better than them. You want to move <laughs> up in those ranks. So uh-huh. the characters here are what drove me through it and kept me coming back. It as few as I like to give in my life, this was straight up a five. No questions asked. These are some of the best characters yep. in Star Wars and continue to proliferate as well as Obi-Wan did. I got to say, um, <laughs> talking about styles of shows and stuff and, and the ISB, they need like either an office or office space style show about the ISB. <laughs> Just please please absolutely please i mean we can even go like parks and rec i don't care just something along those lines in the this is is, we brought that up in our live show a couple weeks ago that's amazing because this is isb sector c (laughs) yeah uh here's a quote that uh it, it might not be exactly word for word but dad it was it was one that dad uh found particularly interesting uh, so much so he had to Facebook message me about it, and I loved it. Um, but the line from uh, Nemec's uh, little manifesto where he says, the imperial need for control is so desperate because it's unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. It's just like, 
Yeah. What? Yeah, That's you, amazing. Well, like so good. Go and this Let's show. Go. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Holy crap. And this show is just chock full of amazing dialogue and like you guys have been saying monologues just like so many good moments and it's not just from one or two characters it's like half of the characters that i listed on that list initially have amazing lines like this or dialogues or speeches or whatever like oh it's just i don't know you don't normally see it so spread out amongst like each character yeah. group and, like, and oh, the power of it's each just one like i mean you have so, a, so a dumb droid b2 emu i mean all he is is just a little scrapper droid and yet you fall in love mm-hmm. with him i mean every single oh, he's character, so cute he is so cute <laughs> cassian so like a, a droid yeah, that exactly stutters. it's brilliant it, right it's so great <laughs> but it's like when that when he started stuttering i'm like in my brain i'm going somebody had to program that yeah, that was a program thing. Like, it's wild to think that. But they, they did such a fantastic job with every single one of these characters. They just they lock you in and they bring you along and they just they make you care. You believe in every single one of them. And even mm-hmm. the ones you want to see fail, you feel a little bit bad when the one guy, you know, loses his job and is going back to live at home with mama. Like, it's uncomfortable. Oh, like, dude. Yeah. I, I love like I I got such like an American mm-hmm. Psycho vibe from him. I loved it, and and you're so right. Like, oh geez, as much as I hated him, like he's just trying to do yeah. his best. Like he's he's like all in on the Empire, and just like yeah. he wants it. And he was like, he was and then right. he kind of and, and then he kind the- of falls for Deidre. And he wants to be with her, and she has yeah. no idea how to accept a compliment because she's been nothing but ruthless and cutting her whole life to get into yeah. a position. So you start to feel for her. She's insulting this guy that she might have a thing for because she doesn't understand, you know, feelings. So it's a lot yeah. of fun yeah, to yeah. deal with those little <laughs> moments. Like they Perfect did such a couple. great job. Oh, power Can't couple! Can't see all that the way. power couple. That's that's yeah, definitely who sure. enslaved Kashyyyk. I think that that sums it up right. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then uh, Jeff, behind the scenes, dad, he says, some of the best crafted and believable characters mm-hmm. I've seen in the show. Uh, it, it's so true. Um, <laughs> he also says they're the love story of season two. <laughs> Deidre and, and I want to see that. That's some S&M <laughs> stuff. It's going to get Man. harsh. <laughs> Do we like match their names together? Are they Deidre? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Ship them off yes, as Deidre. I like it. Yes, man. Either way, they both sound way too close to Pokemon names. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a huge Pokemon nerd, but like Deedrill or Cedra, like Beedrill or, or Cedra. Uh, I'm Maybe. a fan there of was, either. Uh, clearly, this was Pokemon heavy influence names. <laughs> yes, 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 for sure. Um, I see you over there. Um, even his mom, though, was like a, a character that made you feel things like <laughs> I hated his mom, but she made me feel like yeah. um, mur- murderous things. Yeah, I'm like, how is this it, woman it just... still taking in oxygen? Because <laughs> I mean, the the boy couldn't even pull pour a bowl of cereal without his mother coming over there and be like, "Oh, that's not how your uncle would do it," you know? Yeah, it's just it's great that even uh, such a a minor character like his mother could like 
get you feeling things got you involved like most of the time it's just like a a a throwaway character to advance another character or whatever and i mean that's kind of what she was but it's still she was a character that you hated and i don't get that from like tier four characters in in shows or movies um yeah it's just it's fantastic uh tim your thoughts i mean hard to follow up a five yeah it is um because you know, like he said, there's, there's, I, I personally, you know, like I said earlier too, I personally don't like to give out a lot of fives on these type of things because I always think that there's something you can do better. So I, before I get into it, I'm gonna pre-qualify my whole thing with a four point eight seven. So uh, <laughs> that's definitely the most obscure rating we've ever had on our show. Yes, so thank you. You're for welcome. That. Uh, so one of the things I love about Star Wars is the fact that there are all these characters that are in the background and they have an opportunity to have limelight turned on them and you get to learn more about them. Star Wars did this with the book of Boba Fett. They brought in, you know, and because no matter what people want to say, other than a few uh, books that are now considered legends, he was a background character that stood behind as a bounty hunter and had a few cool lines and looked really cool standing behind uh, Darth Vader <clears throat> until the prequel trilogy. We really didn't know much about the Fets. And all that stuff, but we now know so much about Boba Fett because of the book of Boba Fett and what happened to him and seeing that fist put through the sand. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, anyway, but it's much the same here. We we talked about this pre-show. The fact that I got to see more about Mon Mothma, I love it when we have these characters that are are fleshed out and and characters who we've seen in Rebels, the animated series that we've seen in. Um, you know, in different, uh, very brief clips of other shows and other movies, but no real speaking parts and no real sustenance to them or why they're there. But you know, they have a, an important role because of other things that you've learned through legends and lore and all these different things. But to see it actually brought to the screen and have it done in such a powerful way. So to have Mon Mothma's story told and, and see, personally, you know, as I watched her throughout the series, there's parts of where the season where your heart kind of breaks for her because she's going through some serious emotional turmoil uh, and, and how to do this without getting caught because she knows it's the right thing to do. But she also knows that, you know, she's she's dancing on some seriously thin ice and there's all these different things going on and, and you, you feel for her and, and, and what's you know what she's going through. And so for me, I love storylines like that and being seeing these characters you know, that were lower tier characters being brought to the top. They did it in Rogue One, too, with uh, with with Krennic, mm-hmm. you know, the character you didn't know anything about. And whether he was there before or not, I don't know. I don't ever remember seeing him in anything Star Wars prior to that. But by the end of the movie, you both hated him and felt bad for him because of the way he was written and the way that Ben Mendelsohn acted, oh. which was fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, so um, good. But, you know, there's there's all these different ways that they're handling the, these characters. And you look at Marva, who at the beginning, the first couple episodes, did nothing for me <laughs> in the first couple episodes. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't. I, I was like, well, it's, it's just Andor's mom. She's just there. No big deal. And then by the time the, the end, the end of the uh, episode 12 and she's giving that speech, I'm like, basically what Casey was saying earlier, we're going to go break some crap. Let's go break <laughs> some crap. I'm ready to run through a wall. Let's go do it. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm over there putting on my shoes, and yeah. my wife's like, "Where are you going?" She's telling me to break stuff. I gotta go. <laughs> We've been sleeping, yeah. like limp biscuit, but talking. So, yes. 
Wake up, wake up. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Ryan Day should have played that for the for the mm, Buckeyes. Yeah, no doubt. No. Would have been helpful. I mean, I'm still sorry. I can tell. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> but uh Hail to the victors. Anyway, um <laughs> awful nice out here in Virginia. <laughs> That's right. Uh but yeah, so for me anytime I get to see an explanation of more in depth about characters and mm-hmm. have them really explains well even with saw Guerrero, we again some, somebody we talked about pre-show oh. the simple fact that when we see him in rogue one he is crazy pants uh that 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 man's brain is gone fried um oh yeah he's he's yeah. so far gone when we see him in rebels and when we see him in, in clone wars you can see that there's that where he's going you can see the arc that he's going to take because of some of the, his actions in the animated mm-hmm. series but now even to see him here and see that at this point in the game, he still has so much love and care and compassion for his people. And he's there to fight, mm-hmm. not just be there for his people, but to fight for his people. And he's mm-hmm. upset with Luthen, and that, that whole dialogue between him and Luthen just even just talking about it kind of gives me chills down my back just because oh, it was so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. That to me is why this show is so important the character development and you know being able to piece those different shows together and see that arc to me is that's chef's kiss yeah can i real quick i totally forgot to mention saw Gerrera in my list but he is probably my favorite character in all of star wars and it's the simple fact that like each time that you see him pop up whether it's clone wars or rebels now uh here in andor or in rogue one or like casey said uh jedi fallen order of the game uh which by the way it is actually force whitaker which is really cool Mm -hmm. um um each time you see him like you just see his slow Mm -hmm. descent into complete madness and it's like a different character every time and it's it's so well done across all of the animated to video game to live action it's just executed like nearly perfect and his descent into madness is one of my favorite things because like he's just like you said tim he's so passionate about fighting for his people and like you know de- like delivering mm-hmm. his people to salvation essentially right, right. from oh, the yeah. empire he's he's got the and che Guevara it fear, just you know <clears throat> It consumes mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. It completely consumes him. And uh man, it's just it's just a, a beautiful thing to see. And it's across like multiple like different platforms, animation, video games, and a holler live out to action, Forrest, and it's just so cohesive. Holler out to follow Forrest Whitaker for you know the fact that he is committed to that. Yeah. He loves his role, loves that character yes. and yeah. shows oh, it yeah. and yeah. has really committed to which which segment of his life is he in? He has given that to us, mm-hmm. the viewer, to see that, to feel that, to watch that downward spiral. So someone that you really want to cheer for. Like you should want to cheer yeah. for this guy who's also a terrorist doing terrible things, murdering. Right, right, right. People. Yeah. He killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the descent into madness is is very, very real. real. He's got a very long, very fast, very, like very large blood trail following. Oh yeah, guys. yeah. It's 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 less of a descent and more of like a complete yeah, <laughs> At some point, it's just like he's like, you know what? 
we're just gonna we're going all, all we're pushing all go. the chips in man. you can see go. that i think the video game does that really well where you see that point of i've lost this many now like between to to get yeah. past the clone wars and into that point of the fallen order where you're like he he's just keeps losing and he and he becomes mm-hmm. only the fight and all that is left is the fight. Yeah. And it's really, that's what I think Rogue One was beautiful in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you see it here with this conversation with Luthen too, because he's like, wait, you're just going to, you're just, how do I know you're not going to, you're not giving me up? Like, how do you know you're not going to put me in this situation? Um, and that how that like ultimately is kind of what like earns his respect with Luthen too. Like he's like, he's like, that's crazy. I can totally get behind that. <laughs> Give him the old like four forearm handshake. He's like, I see you, Luthen, you crazy son of a gun. I know where you go with that. I'm um, with you. Let's go. Yeah. Murder is okay. I would, that's totally something I would do. And, and, and you mentioned it earlier, but we were talking about the ISB and office space type of deal. Um, but all of a sudden this quote just came to my mind from office space. Um, you know, so each day you're living is the worst day of your life. Yes. <laughs> and tomorrow that'll be the worst day that'll ever. be the worst day ever <laughs> and the, the day after that that'll be the worst day and that's yeah. like saw Guerrero's, you know movement forward every day is worse than the last worst than the 100%. Last day. because every day he's losing somebody that has meant somebody yep. to him mm-hmm. and if his sister would have stuck around i think she was the glue that that kept all the crazy together oh um yeah yeah, yeah. if she hadn't got killed off you know we may have had a totally sane saw yeah. Uh, or mostly saying that sounds that sounds and yet would a um, totally non insane saw have been enough to kick off and do the work that needed to be done? Absolutely not. You needed a little crazy pants yeah. to do some of the stuff he was gotta doing. have a touch of cuckoo to murder that yeah. much. <laughs> oh, or a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go for the handshake, so he goes true. for the stabby stab. I mean same same. Know. Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever gets the job done. Um, so let this again be the second uh, PSA for those of you who have not watched the animated stuff. Like you have done your, I'm going to shame you right now. This is a little showboy shame segment. Um, we might, if this goes well, we might sh- do sh- sh- showboy shame off the cup. That's right. We need a sound bite. Um, shame on you. If you've disregarded Clone Wars and Rebels, they are holy, like, holy crap. Like, so good. It just tells so much of the story that, that you're missing. And you're, if you're a fan of Star Wars, but you're, you see these and you're like, oh, it's, it's a cartoon. Like, I'm, I'm 35. I'm not going to watch a cartoon. Not like I'm speaking from experience or anything, but. <laughs> I'm 46 and I'm watching uh, cartoon. No, you 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 do need to watch the, these two series. They just um they're they're so important to understanding, especially like this time period, right? Especially rebels, but um to like fully grasp the the weight of what's going on here with the empire and the rebels, like those shows are are absolutely necessary. Yeah. Especially because you have characters like Saul that are introduced. I mean, technically Saul was to the mainstream fan introduced in Rogue One, but like you see his start here mm-hmm. in like the Clone Wars and then continue on Rebels. Like th- that stuff's very important. 
I always tell people that if you watched the prequel trilogy and you felt like there was a huge time gap between episode two and episode three. Like about seven seasons worth, maybe. Yeah, yeah. you're right. There was a huge time gap and you missed a lot of information. And if you feel like you need, you know, if you want to appreciate that era of, of Star Wars more, then you need to watch Clone Wars. And then if you want to appreciate the the Rogue One all right before that time period and right before uh New Hope kicks what off Obi-Wan you need to does, watch Rebels. Yeah, what Obi-Wan does yeah. with Rebels and getting the, you know, the uh what the Inquisitors in is fantastic because in but, Rebels yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so great. Yeah. Well, and then like that's where you get Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. And all the like the last what is it? Four episodes of Clone Wars might be like my favorite part of Star Wars as a whole, I and how that ties in. Unabashedly to... cry in season seven. Everything I've watched that show so uh, at least nine times, all the way through season one to season seven. I'm, I'm, yeah, I may yeah. have just restarted uh, my tenth rewatch. Mm-hmm. That's not the point here. <laughs> um, but every time I get to season seven, I know it's coming, and it's still mm-hmm. those those last couple episodes. Man, that's just. That's why Rebel season two, yeah. man. Hits me right in the gut. What they do with Ahsoka, bro, Dude. come on. I did not see that coming, and I was not ready. And, and with, and, oh. and I have a funny story, story about his arc, his finish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, brutal. Mm-hmm. That moment you're talking about, Casey, mm-hmm. with Ahsoka. Um, so I I think you guys know my, my background with Star Wars. Like, I avoided it basically my whole life because I was like a, a Star Wars hipster. I was like, I'm not going to like it because everyone else likes it. <laughs> Um, and randomly decided to go see Rogue One in theaters whenever that was out. Thought it was super cool, but I was at that point, I was like, there is way too much stuff to, to like catch up on that. It was Mm -hmm. overwhelming. So I just kind of like, let it go. Then we, we did this, we did our first companion series on the Mandalorian season two. And that like hooked me and hearing Nick explain all the like background stuff of things that were happening that happened in other shows and stuff. It's like, all right, I, I got to do it. Like I got to, I just got to do it. So, um, you know, watch some of the movies, watch the prequel to trilogies or trilogy. Uh, and then he's like, all right, now you got to watch like clone wars and rebels. I started with rebels cause it was shorter. Um, I got to that moment in season two. Like I, I know the, that Anakin mm-hmm. is Vader and all that stuff. Uh, but I get to that moment and I'm like texting Nick. I'm like, my mind is blown right now, but I imagine it would have completely exploded if I had watched Clone Wars oh, yeah. first. <laughs> so I'm going to pause this right now. And then I watched all of Clone Wars, <laughs> came back and I was oh, like, boy. yep, where's my brain at? Uh, I got to pick up all the, the fragments back there yeah. off the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, then, was, and then Rosario yeah, the Dawson series crushed it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the animated series adds so much to, uh, my appreciation of even shows like, like this, because we're going to see a lot of, of, and, and I didn't, you know, and here's the thing, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't like put two and two together that, you know, um, Andor and Rebels are in the same time period. Mm-hmm. And until I was, I think it was about episode 10 or 11 and some of the crap that Mon Mothma was going through. And all of a sudden I'm like, 
oh my god, she's going to be on the ghost next season. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. You know, they're going to have to get her and pull her out and 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 save her. And all of a sudden, my mind, same thing. <clears throat> you know, just like <laughs> I'm like, and I started getting chills because I'm like, ghost. we're going to. We could see the ghost. We could see all the ghost crew. We chop. I, just I want Hera chop. so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, Hera. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. So. Actually, just everyone, everyone yeah. from and that, and also that people who uh, to sell more on that mic. Uh, anybody who is interested in Mandalorians, you will love Rebels and the Clone Wars because they get so in depth yeah. with Mandalorians. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very much. So. Um, man, Sabine. <clears throat> Sabine. Anyway, now I, I want to go watch that. And plus, all right. Not to just, we're just going to completely derail this Let's even go. further. I am, if I am glad if, to. If help. you're at any rate interested in watching the Ahsoka mm. series that's coming soon, you're not going to know what the heck's going on if you don't watch Rebels because it's basically like the spiritual successor, like it's the sequel to Rebels, live action. Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the some of the cutscenes that they've already shown, it, like one of the first ones, is of Sabine standing in front of the wall. At the end I of can't the, wait the to season see two, the, the final yes. episode, they're already showing that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's a massive chills down your back moment. Oh, I'm excited. For that. And I'm like, I am so excited. I saw that. And I'm like, Sabine. oh, my God, they're doing it. It's it's almost yeah. like the office. <laughs> the it's Leo happening. meme. Oh they did God, the they're thing. Doing they the thing. thing. They're doing yes. the thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Exactly. My wife uh, has gotten um, used to my uh, my nonsensical screaming at this point when it comes to Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> well, Tim's just watching Star Wars. <laughs> pretty again. much. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's our TED talk on why you should watch the animated. <laughs> Thank, you Thank you for my coming to my TED talk. Um, I'll, I'll I haven't given my rating for characters yet. I'm gonna slap a five Good, on it uh, just because. It's it's too good. Uh, the, I mean, we, I could go on and on about each character. Um, Deidre is probably my favorite, but I think what she grows on you. Uh, yeah, uh, she's just I mean, it does such a good job of of making you dislike mm-hmm. her, like but like her at the same time. You feel yeah, like you can under you understand yeah. it, like you you root for her because that other ISB twat was like what a, a giant jerk, douche man. and you're Screw just like guy. yeah i want to see her yeah. beat that guy by you know enslaving right and exactly destroying the rebellion and actually oh wait a minute she's hunting them the right time. wait a minute but yeah but then i'm like oh crap she's trying to catch cassian maybe i don't right. want her to do that and then she um, potentially might but what love but it's awkward love like this is great yes fine yeah. but you know die soon because... <laughs> yeah <laughs> Smoochy, smoochy. Yes. Kick the bucket. Let's yeah. Go. If if that just if that like little weird closet room that they're in there at the end of of episode twelve would just like catch on fire, <laughs> like great. that's fine. But at least they found each other, combustion. right? Yeah, it's a thing. Um, I've never cheered for but someone I, I think to be trampled what... before, so that was a strange thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely brought up something I wasn't ready for. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and hey, that's that's just a sign of good art, you know. <laughs> just really makes you makes you think about things. Um, but no, I think what what puts the character section over the top for me um, is Luthen's performance and how uh, one of the things that you're so used to seeing um, in in Star Wars, mainly because it's targeted towards kids. Um, is you you clearly see 
in a like a definitive good and a definitive bad, right? You don't see a lot of gray area. Um, at least personally, I could be totally speaking out of out of turn here. But <clears throat> what I love about Luthen is like he's clearly on the the good guy's side, but he is a very morally gray character and you like you see it in his conversation with Saul where he's just like yeah we're just gonna give up Krieger whatever like it's gonna happen right uh but what what really like really really sold it for me was that conversation in the elevator or like just outside the elevator with the ISB informant that was so so good um because you hear from his side where he's like, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, what if, what if I had to give up? Like, I've, and the then he lists end. off like literally everything that makes a somebody person. like yep. a human Kindness, being. He's like, love, yeah, I just forgiveness, joy, yeah. sacrificed everything. I love it. Oh, yeah, it was, oh, it was so good. Um, but it, it just, again, like, you're just like, ah, oh, man, like, like I want this guy to win, obviously, because he's on the like he's on the good side. He's fighting the good fight, but like he's got to do some like not great things to like get there. I feel weird, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I I love it because it's it's something that you don't I haven't felt or seen really personally in a Star Wars entry, um, because the good guys are like good and the bad guys are bad um and it's not not hard to see them clearly fine yeah, no, very true. No, <laughs> sorry no stories at all and in fact it's well i think one of the things <laughs> that we've also all skipped over here which is you know cassie and or diego luna as the character actually kind of crushing it because he's so fantastic and he does such a good job becoming the character that the cassian we know if from rogue one where he is willing to kill, has done all these things. So it's watching him grow and become that, it does a fantastic job. It's a clear A to B, the same way Saw Gerrera, yeah. we see his crazy grow. We see this guy grow mm-hmm. full-on terrorist. Like, we watch him become radicalized. That's what we've seen since episode one, when he's a child. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of this, is this is the story of the radicalization <laughs> of someone and how that comes about and eventually winds up just helping destroy the empire, just one small part. And it goes yeah. back to the manifesto, which goes back to the characters and they just smoked it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, too, it's good. too good. I don't know how you didn't give it a five, Tim. He tried. No, he tried. <clears throat> I was, I was strongly considering it. <laughs> I just, I'm having a hard time getting there, but 4.87, I think is a really good effort. It's still pretty good. It's solid. Still pretty good. Um, uh, one last thing about Andy Serkis's character, Kino. One uh, one of the things that, um, one of our, our discord members and listeners, uh, pointed out she, let me find it. Let me find it. I wish I would have thought of this earlier because I could have had it prepared. Um, but basically, uh, in the, in the jailbreak, uh, here it is. She said, um, the whole episode was amazing T- talking about when they, when they revolted in the, in the prison and, and escaped there at the end. Um, but he said, or she said, Andy Serkis's performance also had me in tears. 
just thinking that he knew during the whole storming uh, sequence, like, you know, overtaking the guards and, and leading the people out, that he wouldn't be leaving at all because he can't swim. But he, like, helped everyone break out anyways. Um, so good. And, like, a minor detail that I think maybe got overlooked in that whole thing is, like, he do- he doesn't yeah. go. <laughs> he stays there. He's like, yeah, I, Cassian. I can't like, that wasn't like a... That wasn't like a comedic break. That was like kind of tragic because mm-hmm. he has to sit. He he is staying there in the aftermath, like knowing full well things are not going to end well mm-hmm. for him. But being the the person that he is, he helped everyone else like get out. This yeah, so something good. that really inspires so Cassian too is all the different people mm-hmm. he meets like him that he continues to bump into. Mm-hmm. Is like these are fantastic people who all die or aren't able to make it or sacrifice themselves for something greater. And it's so consistent in his story. And of course it's a good show because it makes us love the characters before it murders them. It's very game of Thronesy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. If only Sean Bean was well, he would have been dead episode would have made more sense. I would have totally actually been sold earlier if Sean Bean was in it because he would have died early and I would have been like, all right, I'm in (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just so happy that she brought that up because it it was something I overlooked until she mentioned it. Um, But yeah, so let's move on to the uh, story section. About halfway through. We're just burning right through it. Um, Let's go with you, Tim. Lead us off with what you thought on uh, the story of Andor. So, the story of a man named Brady. No, I I really appreciate... uh, so I didn't at first, I'll be honest with you, with the supersized uh, uh, pilot that we had, episodes one, two, and three. Uh, at the fr- end of the first episode, like the aesthetics were cool. I knew that we, I was kind of getting into the character. I already liked Andor, but I was already, you know, kind of seeing some some different things about him. And so all those things, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Plus, it's Star Wars, and I'm ho- you know going to hope to see a you know Darth Vader scene here soon enough. So I was watching it for those reasons. Um, and I, and I and I kind of went into it with the the approach of well I know where the story's going so it doesn't really matter you know I know what's going to happen he's gonna die so what's the difference he's gonna be a rebel what's the difference and I went in with really low expectations and I'm actually really glad I did because going in with low expectations helped me to to appreciate the way that the story it has a very slow burn to it for the first couple episodes. And once, but once you get really see that the, that they're not just giving you, you know, um, a piece of flank steak and a, and a four day old potato there, you're getting some freshly mashed potatoes with some garlic and butter and, and, you know, and you're getting this really nice T-bone set up over on the side over here. This is a beautiful meal that they're setting out before you. And as you realize that the show becomes so much better and the story becomes so much better because it's not just a passing story. Whereas like, okay, so to contrast, we've been doing it all night between Mandalorian and, and, uh, and here with Andor, there are things about Mandalorian that I remember, but it's mostly because it, the things that Mandalorian gave me the, the old school, um, you know, like Mick said earlier in his comment about the fun adventure that the Holy Trinity was. Okay, and and a lot of the things in Mando that I remember are because of that and the the callbacks and all the things that it was doing. I feel like I'm going to remember more about Andor moving forward because of the strength of the story. 
and that the way that the story is developed and the way that the every and we were talking about the characters but you know they're part of the story so the way that every character is layered into the story and it's just like boom boom mm-hmm. boom just keeps going for the entirety of it and so for me i went in expecting to you know rate it if i was to rate this at the beginning of the season without having watched anything or even at the end of the the supersized uh, uh pilot that we watched i probably would have rated it a two or a three mm-hmm. um because I went in with low expectation. I got out of the first three episodes thinking, yeah, this is going to be an okay show. It'll be okay. It'll be good, but I know what's going to happen. And by episode, I think it's five, six, somewhere in there. I had no clue what was going to happen because so many different things were now happening. And, you know, you kind of, it's like, you know, watching a, a, you know, a game where you're going, what's going on over there? But now it's over here. What's going on over here? It was all these moving shells. And so, yeah. So I will give uh, the story, um, a solid 4.91. Ooh. It's a very close Yay. to a five. And this is pro- this will be the closest thing that I get to a five <laughs> for the entirety of this review tonight because uh I would like I said went in with low expectations. I came out of this at C- episode 12 um ready to go do something you know, damn the man because <laughs> of how good the story is and the strength of it. So yeah. for me, yeah, it, 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 it way exceeded any of the uh, ill-advised low expectations that I had for it. Perfect. Casey. Uh, for me, it was actually something very similar. I went in with no expectations, with no idea what they were going to do, only knowing that Cassie and Andor was going to die. And we're probably going to watch something like a grown up rebels. That was, that was as much as I was going in with it. Except without Jedi, of course. And I didn't even know if that would happen. We had Obi-Wan and we got, you know, Inquisitors and all kinds of different fun little tidbits there. So I was like, well, let's see what mm-hmm. uh, what Andor is going to give me. I much liked him by the end of episode three in the supersized intro. I went, this is a two at best. The show will never get out of that basement and it's trapped there forever. And of course, I was proven wrong gleefully with a wonderful slow burn a la Spy Game. I think this thing came together so well. And was like on the level of all the all the king's men. Like it just it took everything that they laid out in the beginning, and without even explaining it, by episode seven you realize how it's starting to intertwine, but you haven't seen it yet. And then the true tendrils of how everything connects is in episode ten. And then just like Tim said, by episode twelve you're ready to go fight. Like it's you, we are being <laughs> radicalized as you know the viewer not just because of the characters and their incredible, the journey these characters are going on, but it's actually the story that's being built between the ISB. What's happening at the prison and when we find out that little thing that they're making their interlocks with some bigger thing. So it's beautiful to see that because that's also indicative of what the story is with Andor and Ferex being just one little one little spark in the rebellion that's going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. The same way the Empire is building up their big thing, the rebellion is building up theirs. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, a really wonderful way to see that and to see where all these characters eventually grow from. So for the story for me, uh, it was it turned out absolutely beautiful. I was a big fan and I couldn't I cannot wait to see where it's going so easily a four. Nice, nice, nice. Um Yeah, I I was uh the opposite of you guys. This was my most anticipated Star Wars project that came out of whatever Disney Investor Day or Star Wars <laughs> Day that they 
announced like the 15 Star Wars right, things. The fact we're not on. getting Rogue, um, Rogue Squadron. <laughs> boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, ever since this this was announced, uh, this was the thing I was most looking forward to. And uh, I, I think it's, I mean, obviously because of my love for Rogue One, but um, as you guys were talking, I think subconsciously, like, I like the idea of telling a story in which everyone already knows the end to, which sounds kind of like counterintuitive to like consuming a story because you already know what, what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> but I think that allows the writers to um, like really be targeted and have like a very clear landing spot. Uh, one one of my least favorite things about uh, TV shows in general are are the ones that just run on and on and on um, just to continue to bring in the cash or whatever. Uh, you know, looking at shows like, yeah, it's a stupid show, but like Grey's Anatomy, it's like on season 72 or something, right? <clears throat> at Showboys, we have uh, the sweet spot of like, three to five seasons like that's where we like to see a show land uh because it's it's long enough to tell like a really complete story um but also short enough to like keep it very self-contained and like on point throughout and not drag on and you're also not going to lose like actors and have to constantly swap out characters and now you have to change Mm storylines because that's yeah no i'm with you man i love the first three seasons of grace so i'm with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that stupid man. bus man um like a train uh rib george yep uh anyways <clears throat> so going into this i'm like we already know what's going to happen to cassian right um but i i expect you know again we already we knew that it was going to be two seasons so i'm like they, they have i mean they already have the end goal in mind like all they're going to do is just fill in all the things that we want to know, like it's, it's in my mind, it, it was going to be hard for them to mess this up really. Um, so I had very high expectations from the very start. And uh, even though the, the basically premiere movie that we got, um, it, it, it is very, that very slow burn, but I was just, man, I was just hooked. I was like, I got I got to know where this goes because I I know where it's going to to end. So like I can't wait to get all the juicy like details of like how we got there, how Cassian got there. Um, I do have a question though. Like, who is his sister? Like, have we seen his sister in anything, or is this like some undiscovered thing? Like, are we going to? learn who his sister is or am i just dumb and completely like overlooked his sister being in no his sister is one of those uh macguffins the sister is one of those things that like every single member of the empire everybody who was under the boot heel of the empire lost people consistently throughout their lives it's kind of that continuing message of loss of always always the empire taking something from everyone all the time that omnipresent loss so I think they did a fantastic job actually showing yeah. her through that. And I hadn't even really considered it until you just brought it up now. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah, he does have a sister out there somewhere, well, I think. It's right? that hope um, that he wants to have a sister. 
Baker out there, but yeah, probably, yeah. probably, probably, not. probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, we, the story kind of bleeds into almost every other category we've talked about so far, especially with the characters and stuff. Um, <clears throat> with it being such a, a human story, uh, with the lack of the, the laser swords on spaceships and, um, you know, blaster fights every episode, um, a lot of the story is interweaved with the character development and these monologues and these amazing conversations. Um, so for me to give it any less than a 4.5 would be just blasphemy at this point after everything I've talked about. So fair enough. 4.5 out of me. Um, this one <clears throat> is probably going to be at least my lowest scoring category with action here. Um, so I'll just go like first, I Fire guess. Away. Uh, we had, uh, Two, two really cool action sequences that stick out to me. You have Luthen's like crazy ninja ship where he like just like I don't even know like I still can't process what happened there where he was basically getting pulled over for like a, tra- a space traffic ticket and like all of a sudden has like lightsaber wings and he's like chopping TIE fighters in half doing barrel rolls. Star Fox would have been so proud. Um <laughs> That was amazing. That was so amazing. Um, and then, of course, the finale, the the funeral procession, the amazing like riot that breaks out there, and all that chaos that that ensues. While <clears throat> it's not a lot of fighting, um, the tension that they build with the the basically the breakout of this riot, um, man, it was just I, I was on my the edge of my seat the entire time. Um, those two scenes really stick out, but. Aside from that, it was just a lot of characters talking to each other. Um, so for me, action, I'm going to have to put this down at like a three. I'll give it a three because the two big action pieces were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all we got. So for me, a three. I'll kick it off. All right. Uh, I don't remember the dude's name. Melshi, I think it was. No, not Melshi. Melshi was the one in the uh, Rashi. Okay, so... So he was one of the guys who was part of the heist and he's the one who recommended, Hey, why don't we just take this money? And Andor does a thing. And I don't want to, well, we're spoilers in this at this point, right? Like we're clear. We're, gonna... we're pretty deep in the spoilers right. yeah. at this point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when he shoots that guy after the heist, that honestly was the highest point of action I needed in this show. Like, I think what they did for action was use it perfectly and uh, really intertwined it well. And like you said, when we have a moment of the Luthan escape ship and it's like, okay, so that's kind of how they got in and out. You know, that was, it was legit sort of heart pounding moments. So action for me in this wasn't so much about getting the big shootouts or, you know, the duels, but it was about being an Imperial guard imposter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're legitimately a stormtrooper. You're, an imposter and you were feeling that. So for me, that was where my blood got pumping and that was the action for me. So that's mm-hmm. why I continuously say that this one actually held up and I give it a four in it's action. I think it was used very well. And I nice. think the heist is probably one of my favorite heist jobs, period dot. They just nailed such a really cool, simple, basic premise that's been used a billion times and will be again. And they crushed it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, the the heist was super cool. Um, and just <clears throat> I love the use of of having these sleeper rebels like embedded in the ISB, embedded in um, that base on whatever planet that was. Um, the, those moments create like this show had so much mm-hmm. tension, mm-hmm. like so much tension. It's like um, a Dean Coots movie, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you have to have that tension for, for a thriller like this, but um, yeah, yeah. perfect. <clears throat> Tim, um, please. So I'm going to just jump right into my rating. Uh, I'll give it a three and a half um, because I'm, I'm, I firmly see both of your points. And it, it could, the argument, you know, needle could go either way. Um, but I lean more towards Casey's end of the argument because the, the, the drama is where the action is and the, the tenseness of the dialogue and what's happening, uh, and the sub levels behind the scenes and, and how these things are all setting up. That's where the action is. The problem is, is that we're trying to compare this as a star Wars joint to other star Wars things where there's not all the constant pew, pew, pews and the lightsabers wishing across mm-hmm. the screen. I actually love the fact that when, when it was time for the tie fighters to come out, that it, they just didn't go, all right, send out the tie fighters. And they dropped magically out of the bottom <laughs> of the ship. I love the fact that it showed them having to run down to the tie fighters, actually climb into the tie fighters, mm-hmm. have them released from the docking bay mm-hmm. and then, and then be able to fly out. All those things, they're minor things, but those are important things. And I guess that goes back to the, the story portion of this, but that's still part of the action and seeing the TIE fighters and flying out and all these different things. I like that mm-hmm. a part of this. And I, you know, that doesn't really build into the action portion of it, but that was where the action was to me was that the, all these little mm-hmm. things that added up to these bigger things, these bigger points of the story and these bigger points of the detail that made me want to see, well, okay, well, if they're willing to, you know, explode and blow up this one little portion of the story. What else are they willing to show me? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I started coming back every week because I'm like, okay, they're blowing up this part of the story and I'm getting to see more about this character and more about what's going on with this person's storyline. And, and man, the drama is really picking up around this guy. I wonder what's going to happen next. And then you go into the next episode and they're like, yeah, we'll get back to him. Don't worry. Here's the next portion. This is the <laughs> next part where you're, where you're going to feel yeah. the action and the drama and all this tenseness. Mm-hmm. And I like that. However, with that being said, I am a big fan of the pew pews and, and the vroom vroom sabers. Of course. And so I wouldn't have mind yeah. had I had a few of those, um, you know, at least a few more pew pews, I probably would have given it a four. It's not that right. boring story. It's not that it's not without action. It's just a different type of action than what we're used to. Absolutely. Well put, because I, yeah, I agree, yeah, especially sure. like that scene where, you know, the ISB agent is walking in as Deidre's trying to research and reading something. That alone was like a five minute walk down a hallway. And that was action. packed. Right? My heart was thrumming. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. The catcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You, you phrased it perfectly. It's just a, a different kind of action. And I think, uh, where where that kind of trapped me was um i mean rogue one was full of action yeah right they had like the crazy basic planet explosion on uh one that we're with saw right uh then you have like the storming of the beach and then you have like the big battle going on above above the, the planet there um 
lots of, of pew pews and explosions and all that stuff. Um, but the lack of, of your typical classic action um, is not a detriment to the show. Actually, I think if you had more of that type of action, it would take away from everything that they're building yeah, here. Agreed. Um, so even though I gave it a three, I appreciate that three very much. Um, right. Because that three is just solely on like the lack of your, what you would think of as action of in course. star Wars. Um, <clears throat> but you know, Hey, it is what it is. Uh, and plus, you know, I didn't want to seem like I was just like way super fanboying out about my favorite. The funny star thing Wars is, show, so I had to, I'm not I'll join you on fanboying. I'm going to totally allow myself to fanboy on this because I sat through Boba Fett. So I earned Andor. <laughs> we all earned Andor. Nice. nice. Yes, yes. Um, well, that brings us on to... Um, I want to argue about Boba Fett. We have, we have two, two categories left. Um but I'm thinking about scratching the last one in format. I'll just we'll just talk okay. about that right now. I think we'll get rid of we'll drop this. I like the idea of this category, which you know, format we're we're talking like is this genre, like this thriller spy espionage, like what this show needs to be effective. Um, is it the right format, basically? And so like yeah. Yes. Yeah. Duh. Like you, I, I don't think we can we can rate that because it it is. If it wasn't this, it it just Absolutely. wouldn't be. Absolutely. If we it got. weren't this, it couldn't um, be anything else. It, it's not. It, he's not an action right. hero. You know, he is part of the subversive yeah. underbelly of the net of the rebellion. They yeah. don't. You don't want to be above board. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be an action hero. You're not trying yeah. to be. You know, like the honorable knights. Who are, are arguably fighting, you know, for the for the higher ideals. This is an underbelly guy who's going to mm. shoot someone just to steal stuff and make sure he gets by for the next day to, to survive. To because survive. if you get seen, you die. Mm. Yep. Uh, so we're just going to scratch that. The last category we have here is world, and we're talking um, how they. Well, with Star Wars, it's kind of unfair because Star Wars already has an amazing universe that we're very very familiar with. But I guess I'll phrase it like this. Like, how did they do inserting this story into the world that we already know? Um, mm -hmm. Does that Absolutely. make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, Tim, start us off with this. Okay. It's a five. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> if you noticed, I was slowly building to the crescendo. Um, but, yeah. So, and I've kind of alluded to this a couple different times. I love it when they're able to take something and build it in and, and, and show me something and give me something about characters and things that I don't know, things that were in people in places that were such minor bits and pieces like Mon Mothma being such a minor bit and piece of, of uh, you know, other shows and, and such to now having such a massive role in this and fitting into this now we see her place now we see why she was so important it was alluded to in, in rebels in the anime in the animated series it's alluded to and you can kind of see a little bit of it but we see really even more of it here and i can't wait to see what they do with her in season two i'm so excited for her her like you know 
just grand arc in season two. And that's, I think she's going to have a bigger story to tell in season two than, than Cassian will personally. Hmm. Um, but they took all these bits and pieces and the way that they interwove the, the characters with the story and even the action, um, you know, and all these different things, it, 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 it not only fits into star Wars, the, the whole, you know, universe, but they, they, they put it in there and then they, they, they tucked it in nicely. They made sure it fit and they, they patted it down and they kissed it on the forehead before they went to bed and everything about the way that it's, that it's brought into the star Wars world, in my opinion, is the best way that could have been done. And so like comments that were made earlier, this is not just an amazing star Wars show. It's an amazing show. And hmm. the fact that you you put the Star Wars label on it because of the universe it's in shows how well it ties in. And that makes it a better show, uh, show and a better story. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I just want to make one, one comment here because I think I forgot it either in the character or the story section, but uh, I think it fits in here with the world building. Um, I love how... Uh, at first, I was like really confused about the relationship with Mon and her husband, like why they just have this general disdain for each other. <laughs> um, but I love how one they don't really like like upfront explain what's going on. You find out through a conversation that like back where she came from, like they do yep. arrange marriages, and like you just kind of are stuck with what you get. And that was the end mm -hmm. of it. Like they didn't, there was no crazy, like super long exposition of like, you know, flashbacks or anything like that. It was just like, man, these people really hate each other. I wonder why. And if you weren't paying attention for like 15 seconds, like you still would be like, man, I really wonder why these people hate each other. But um, I appreciate it when storytellers do that, where they like make you have to pay attention and pick up all the details instead of, you know, spending five minutes explaining mm -hmm. something to you. Uh, but as far as world building goes, like that's a really interesting thing. Like we have like some game of Thrones style, like political marrying off of children in yeah. star Wars. That's crazy. Yeah. I, but I, I, yeah, <clears throat> that part kind of got me too. just the fact that the, when she was trying to talk to the guy about the new way of banking and all that stuff, he's basically there to pimp out his son. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, and so, you know, I'm not saying it has to happen, but you know, an introduction would be nice. And I'm like, dude, slow your roll. I mean, she's right there. Come on, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that you raise a very good point. I, I, I had forgotten about that as well, but yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be mentioned. And it absolutely, absolutely raises yeah. the stakes for where Mon is. Because she's not only doing this for herself and for what she's up against, but she's trying to protect her daughter, who unfortunately she may have to marry off. And then also dealing with yeah. basically who was the rich frat boy husband who kind of won the lottery with Mon. And she's like the hardcore, right. crunchy, going to Harvard, going to change the world kind of person. So it's fun to see how all of that paired together. Yeah. Like it's wild. Right. I also loved how she's like cousins mm -hmm. with Vel. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yep. They're like, yeah, cousins. Loved that. Uh, I also, it, it speaks a lot about Mon too. And as a parent, obviously I can, we can all relate like her daughter, like I, we can't, I, I'm not speaking. We relate on our children hating us, 
but like her daughter clearly favors her her father over mon like doesn't want anything to do with mon but even even still like mon's like i can't i cannot do this to my kid and um man what a pickle she's in because she's it's like do you either kind of got to do this or your whole life is screwed because they're gonna find out isn't it kind of funny though as a parent though i watched that portion of the show and i'm like i could see why she'd want to sell that child (laughs) yeah uh and on the other hand (laughs) as a parent i'm also like no, don't do that. That's 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 bad. That's your child. Dude, the dirty looks that kid has given her. That kid is acting her face off, and that is brutal. Like that Whoa. hurt me. Yeah, that yeah, that kid throwing yeah, some yeah. serious heat at mom. Yeah, and she's like one dirty look away from mom being like, you know what? Just take her. Oh my gosh, Just take her. The patience for anymore. even someone who's going to eventually be the mother of the rebellion to not jack slap her in the face <laughs> has got to be safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. So we got we got some instructions here from uh, the one and only Snob himself. He says, "Go to bed, Casey. You have a morning show from seven to ten a.m. Eastern I tomorrow." Do, in fact, yes, and that's do, the uh, Scene Snobs presents the Snob Nation Morning Drive live. Check us out live at seven a.m. <laughs> it's an amazing show. Lots of you fun. Did that. Check it out. You did a a very good uh, radio. Why, voice thank you very there. much. I appreciate I it. That. I've been that's, working that's on good. it for years. Good. Uh, you do voiceover work, right? Yeah. So there you go. Hire, hire this man. He's he does amazing voices. Yes, he does. Um, but anyways, back to world. Uh, Tim, you went or did Casey I went? Yeah. Five. I'm losing my mind. All right, Casey. All Casey. Right. And I am actually going to do the exact same thing here. This gets a five for two reasons. Number one, when we're ingratiating ourselves into the Star Wars universe, I want to see other parts from the Star Wars universe, and this show did that. It gave me the same ships. It gave me different settings. It gave me similar settings. It gave me all of my things that I wanted to see. Plus, I got the ISB, so I actually got way more into the Empire. I think that side of it, I can't downplay enough how much I wanted that and didn't know I wanted it. I It's exciting to get that other side of the people who are actually, you know, putting down and murdering entire planets. So it was kind of neat to see that, like the the absolute ferocity of cruelty and just just evil. Uh, it was fantastic. It was really well done, and I enjoyed the the way they used the Sith infighting, even in their own ranks as the Empire. That you know, the only way to get ahead is to claw and tear at the other one and pull them down and put yourself above them. There was. There were a lot of interesting things they did that because that and that's going all the way back to the Sith. That's the Star Wars like baseline A B bad good. So they did a fantastic job pulling all of that into the world, also building the world in this for the sake of the rebellion and finding out who we're up against in the rebellion. And also, how about the fact that the Empire gets paid? Finding out something about the world there that, yeah, these dudes just make money. It's just a job. So you can go take an entire sector's worth of bank, like a Fort Knox level thing. Like, it was really fantastic to see that. <laughs> uh, they, they did a great job yeah. with that. And also showing the face of the rebellion and the fact that this is one spark on one planet. And this happens a lot yeah. in order to get the group we eventually know five years from now. And then 10 years after, you know, mm. so it's just it builds beautifully. So the world, I think, is part yeah. of the reason this show succeeded as much as it did, because it was the most Star Wars that Star Wars could have possibly had. That was fantastic, and I was a huge fan, so I loved it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a five, too. Um, 
I like it for the the little things that we talked about earlier. Like uh, I believe it was you, Casey, that was talking about like the cleanness of all the ISB mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. set pieces. Um, <clears throat> I loved Ferrix how it was just kind of like that, um, like very industrial type, like brick and mortar. Like they have that wall where they hang up all their gloves at the end of their shifts. Uh, I love the huge like bell tower in the middle. It feels um, like feel felt like Pittsburgh in the seventies, but future Pittsburgh in the seventies. <laughs> so figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved. That's something I've always appreciated and talked to Nick about. Uh, is how like <laughs> in Star Wars you can like you know jump parsecs and like you know f- travel all throughout the known universe, but you know you still have people living in like mm-hmm. mud huts, just like. And like computer screens from like 1980. Um, True. I love it. I love the, <laughs> the, the odd future time that we're right. in here. Like when it, when <laughs> they haven't discovered 4K, but like <laughs> space travel, no, no problem. And it's kind of fun how they do that. And it <clears throat> shows that delineation between the core planets and the outer world and what was going on in those yeah, outer yeah, world yeah. planets. So, it's, yeah, they do a good job of showing that. Yeah. It, it's super cool. Um, yeah, it's just like 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 we talked about earlier. Each planet that we saw felt so different and, and so unique, and um, yeah, just the little things like that. The, the environment pieces, um, of course, the lore part of the world building is amazing, hands down. Like, doesn't need talked about because you guys already covered it. But um, yeah, it's just they they nailed even the the small like minor things that you, you maybe aren't necessarily like paying attention to. Uh, but those small things, like the way Ferrix looks and feels like it keeps you in, right. You're, you're not like, it, it doesn't make you suspend your disbelief and like think about why Ferrix looks the way it does. Like you're just like, Oh yeah. I mean, this is Ferrix, man. Mm-hmm. We've been here, but we haven't. But like we've been here. There's a comfort. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, a, a familiar a familiarity with something that mm-hmm. is unique. Nailed if that it. makes sense. Um, but yeah, uh, just all in all, my favorite Star Wars show. Um, where do you guys rank this in, in your your Star Wars series we've gotten so far? Go ahead, Tim. What you got? Oh, I was waiting for you. Dang it. Because <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm, I'm trapped in the middle here because it's like, wait, do you mean by shows or movies as well? Like what? No, okay. no, no. Shows. So, just the okay. shows. Yeah, because if, if, it, if it's all time Star Wars, even as much as I love it, it doesn't hold a candle to Empire. So yeah. Um, yeah. Empire will always be my favorite. That's that's top tier. Number one. That's valid. All time. Um, but as far as as far as the Star Wars shows go. Um, I think it's a one A one B situation between Mando and Andor, and even though there's there Mandor, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mandor. Uh, there's such great differences between the two of them, but I love them both almost equally because of their differences and the way that. So it's definitely a one A one B, but yeah, um, and then you know Obi is right behind that. So nice, nice. I'm in a very similar situation. Uh, Mando has given too much to not be 
as beloved as it is, and it's one that I can continue to go back and watch, I still, even after watching this, it's tough for me to put it above Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan being one of my all-time favorite characters and being able to get Ewan McGregor back and, and him doing what he did with that PTSD and showing that there is change to oh, him, that awesome. alteration, that pain, that damage. Like, I don't like that stuff, but they did such a good job of it. It's hard <laughs> for me to not love it. But Andor is more of generally the show I go for. I like the homecoming, you know, the shows that are all about the subversion, oh, about, you know what I'm saying? Show. That's what I love. And Andor to me oh. had flavors and tastes of all the things that I love that are spy and I was in the yeah. mood for it. So Andor definitely cranked it out. I still have to give it the, the edge to Obi-Wan for rewatchability. I think I can rewatch Obi-Wan a lot. Andor is probably yeah. maybe a once a year. Great show, but it's a lot of a lot to eat. So yeah. Um, can I just say how much I appreciate you acknowledging Homecoming because I've <laughs> never heard anyone talk well, about it's that amazing. Show, Come on, I it was done it. so well. Damien Lewis crushes it in that movie, that show. Dude, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, so good, so good. Um. For me, uh, I've already said it's my favorite series. No questions asked. Um, I'm very much looking forward to watching uh, after season two ends, watching season one, season two, yes. Rogue One. Like that's going to be so fun. Which could change um, my rating all of a sudden. That season two could turn this into the best show. Bang for my buck, you know? So, yeah. And a quick side note. Uh, Mandalorian season one. I really need to go back and rewatch that because I, I watched that before, like I got into Star Wars. Like I just watched it because everyone's talking about. It. I was like, I got to see what this is about, and I, I was like, this is okay. I don't understand why everyone fell in love with this. Like, why do people love this? And now that I know the things I know about Star Wars, I need to go back and rewatch. Give it a good, solid, like intentful watch. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you already riggedy wrecked yourself, so now it's time to go <laughs> to check yourself. <laughs> oh my god! So there's that. Um, Shame. Shame. That was terrible. You're welcome. <laughs> you sure you want this on your show in the morning, Mick? I'm just saying. If you're still here, are you sure? Maybe a good night's sleep will get this out of the nah, system. Man. But, the, the, I have um, to stay up throughout just to be delirious, <laughs> to be mildly amusing in the morning. So there you go. There Otherwise, you go. I'm just grumpy for the point. first hour. I don't know how you guys do a show at 7 a.m. I could very hardly... carefully. Yeah, yeah so much coffee. Kudos to you guys. <laughs> um, so we do have a final rating that Dad calculated Sweet. behind the scenes. Thanks, Dad. So com if we combine all of our scores, which, by the way, Tim, your final rating, combining all the categories overall for you, 4.456, very, very nice, solid, uh, conventional number you get in rating system. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I'm so happy to have helped. <laughs> yes. Uh, Casey, you and I actually scored the same. Awesome. Even with my three for yeah. the action, we uh, had this at a 4.4. .4. So if you, if we round Tim's, well, if we round up, 4 .5, he said a 4.5. Yeah. But we're all pretty much right there at the same. So uh, Dad calculated this as a 4.42 right. yeah. out of 5. Um, so showboys and friends rate this at a 4.42 out of 5, which in my mind is an absolute must watch. 
If you're that Agreed. close to five, what are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you Go waiting? Watch this. Yeah. Well, you should wait till this is over. Then. That's a pretty watch. good idea, there, Nomi. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. That was wow. That was a good one. Uh, so before we wrap up here, uh, we do a thing every week. It's called Answer the Boys. We post a topic in our Discord. <coughs> oh my gosh! <coughs> and then we see if he can. Have you get guys ever it. just? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever just like got a? complete like mm-hmm. dried up throat in the yep. middle of a word yeah that's totally it's what miserable there. especially if you get a weird patch and you can feel it grow real quick it's like ah. yeah 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 yep exactly i've already drank like i have to pee Same. so bad because i've literally slammed all like, here. three glasses yep. of water <laughs> they're like off screen here <clears throat> i'm like fighting uh fighting off a sickness i've had for like a week yeah this is uh yeah, this was uh i think 44 ounces of water i've drank probably you know oh nice a good 36 of that's them that's why your eyes are swimming. and um dude you have no idea right now <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna walk uh, hunched over to the toilet as soon as this is done be like, just like <laughs> a 12 hour it's just gonna be the it's gonna the be ground. the uh, um austin powers p you know just there for a minute keep going keep going yeah just go keep yeah. Going. um so yeah let's see if i can get through this this time okay Every week we do a thing called Answer the Boys, where we ask for your input on our show's topic of the week. Um, so we asked uh, what you guys thought of Andor. So we got a reply from Rachel's Holiday. This all takes place in our Discord, by the way. If you're not, it's happening oh again. Oh, it's there. <laughs> if you're not in our Discord, you should be. And the link is in the episode description. Rachel's Holiday says... Uh, I've been doing a lousy job talking about Andor in the spoilers channel because we have a spoilers channel for all the shows that we talk about. Uh, but I loved Andor. From a feminist perspective, they did a kick-ass job ultimately showing how awesome women are at running things behind the scenes on both sides, light and dark. On the light side, we have Mon Mothma, Bix, Cinta, Vel, and Clea. On the dark side, we have Deidre. And the show writers managed to write, to write women who are full people without with compelling personalities and backstories. I almost butchered <laughs> that one. Full people without compelling... No, full people with compelling personalities and backstories. Piggybacking on the writing, all the characters are written so well. Even with limited screen time, you really get to know most of the characters, and I thought that was great. Within the lore of Star Wars, I feel like this does a great job at world and history building before Rogue One. Which basically, you just you just recapped everything we talked about mm-hmm. so perfectly. Thank you so much for your reply, Rachel. I give her, uh, Rachel. her uh, I give that writing a 4.42. Nice. <laughs> 4.42 out of 5. You sure you don't want to go to a 4.456? <laughs> uh, well, your last chance. Well, I feel like it's, it's collective. <laughs> you know, all three of us. Oh, yeah. We'll pool our talents together. Bingo. Um, and come up with a 4.42. Yeah. With you guys, you guys definitely doing the heavy lifting in that department. Um, <laughs> I'll forever give. Yeah, five. Rachel, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, your reply to answer the boys. We appreciate you. We always love uh, hearing from you guys and your input and getting to talk about those on the show. Uh, so one last time before we wrap up here, um, go check out Tim. From the FSF podcast. His website is linked below in the episode description. 
Go check out Casey and Mick <clears throat> over at thescenesnobs.com. Is it, a, is it, it a is dot com? It is, in fact, a dot com. Did I get it right? Okay. Scenesnobs.com. It's in the, the episode description below. Tune in tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern, for a nice morning drive show. It's worth your time. Um, make sure you tune in to Showboys Gaming, uh, Showboys Podcast on Twitch. Sunday night, we have our Dungeons & Dragons stream coming up. And if you if you caught the stream last time, holy cow, we ended on such a crazy uh, plot twist. Like, um, my character's world was just literally turned upside down, and I did not see this coming as a player. Like, I have no idea how to play my character now. <laughs> I'm like my I'm ruined. I'm still in shock, and we play again in like three days, so I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> So you're going to want to tune into that 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for listening. Subscribe. Check out our friends. And we'll see you next week. If he's still able to talk. Yeah, he'll, 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 yeah, Nick and Chad, please come survive. back. <laughs> please. One thing that we forgot. I love how the overlays perfectly over Tim's Whoa. face. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're still live too, too. So that was too perfect. We're here for everyone. Oh my gosh.